You are now listening to the Dynasty Rewind. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to Dennis Ruin. I'm your host, Michael Power. The best in the business is back in business. Joined, as always, by my faithful co-host, Chev Nooney. Chev, what is good, my dude? We're doing great. The problem I have is, though, you ask Zach why he's going rogue, and he just let out a massive cough behind that. I, I don't understand your your uh, thought process on that, but, you know, quit being rude to Zach for once. Zach is, seems Zach. like a good dude. Haven't met him in person yet, but, hey. Let the let the bald head sweat a little bit, Mike. You kind of look like you have a bald head too right now. I know, I do. I know. We're we're receding. Um, I will say this: Zach is as advertised in real life. You'll get to meet him in August, and I hope Hello. you know. Uh, obviously, you know now. Zach Duarte is joining us again for episode two of the week. But hey, listen, if you guys are free in the middle of August and you want to see the beautiful Rust Belt portion of the United States of America, head on over to the Canton Fantasy Football Expo. We will be there. We got a booth. Be there all weekend. I will be there personally from Thursday to Monday. It's one trip I look forward to every year. So come hang out with the Rewind crew. Meet some other lesser podcasts from the fantasy industry. And I say that because we are the best. That's why I say the best in the business is back in business. You can get your eyes on me, Bob. Chev's going to be there. Bob's always fun in person. Zach's going to be there. The Bald Dome of Dynasty Pork is going to be there. And maybe we will get a special appearance from our intern, Sean Fournier. Sean? Nope. Uh, in his family again. That's why he's still the intern, I guess, huh? He got demoted. Producer to intern. Wow, that's tough. I mean, he has put his time in, though. <laughs> this guy has shaved people. This guy, he's done a lot of stuff that I I... I don't want to do myself. So, Sean, you bring us all frescas. I appreciate you. I know I know Mike sometimes doesn't, but I want you to know that you are appreciated. I love Sean. And I'll tell you the one thing I love about Sean the most is when he's on the clock, he does not screw around. He has he already has his tough decisions all mapped out. But in case you don't, we're gonna help you with it. So tonight or today or this afternoon, whenever you're listening, we're talking about tough dynasty decisions startup draft decisions i feel like everybody when whenever they say tough decisions it's always a buy sell hold type of scenario right what do we do with this player but there's a lot of times when you're on the clock and i don't know about you guys but what's been happening with me a lot lately is when we get to a certain point in the draft i feel it's always too early for a player like i could wait a round or two but you know that's not always the case i made the mistake in this uh this the rewind crew league that we started up i traded a pick to I think it was Zach, actually. And then, Zach, I believe you took the player I wanted in that round, too. So sometimes you have to make these decisions. We're going to talk about guys that we want to build our teams around. So we're going to be facing ourselves with tough decisions. We're here to help you guys. There's going to be some strategy involved, too. So all ADP is provided by DLF, and that's May ADP. June ADP is not out as of this recording. June 6th, happy D-Day. Happy International Slayer Day as well. These are meant to be discussions. That's what we're going to do tonight. We're going to air it all out. So imagine you're setting your queue. You're going away for a massage therapy convention for a little bit with Zach. And uh, you just, you know, you want to be able to just set your sleeper queue, kind of forget about it a little bit. So we're going to put three players in there, and I will tell you their current ADP. You guys ready? Let's do this. Let's rock and or roll. So 
We're going to set our cue between Garrett Wilson. Current ADP is 20, just about the 209. Amon Ross St. Brown, who I know Zach is pretty high on, if I'm correct. Current ADP is 23, which is the 211. And Jalen Waddle, current ADP is 24, which is the 212. So in what order are you drafting these guys and why? Zach, how about we start with you because we got a Dolphin on there. We got Amon Ross St. Brown, who I know that you're pretty high on. I'm assuming you're pretty high on Garrett Wilson as well. I mean, who isn't at this point? So, Zach, let's go ahead, and we're going to start with you, okay? Yeah, I mean, I don't know if I'm changing that order. <laughs> I think it's going to be Garrett Wilson, Amon Ross St. Brown, Jalen Waddle, and that's really tough. Um, I, I could make an argument for Jalen Waddle and Amon Ra to be flipped, flip-flop there um, just because I think that Jalen Waddle's ceiling is capped while Tyreek is there, and Tyreek's going to be there for another two or three years, if I'm not yeah. mistaken, until his contract runs out. But his ceiling with Tyreek there is still a top 10 wide receiver, like which is yeah. insane. Um, I think Amon Ra's ceiling is exactly what it's been the last two years, maybe with a little bit more consistency. He was injured last year. I expect Jamison Williams to eventually become something. Jameer Gibbs is there now, and I don't know what the quarterback situation looks like in two to three years, but I just, you know, he's a PPR monster. Mm -hmm. um, so if this is a full point PPR league, I think I'm going to leave it just like that. Garrett Wilson is my unquestioned wide receiver one out of those three. I'll go Amon Ross St. Brown two and Jalen Waddle three, but it's very close between those, those second and third choices for me. Chev, you want to go? Or you want me to? Yeah, I'm I'm in the same boat. I could see where Amon Ra, you know, if you wanted to put him above Garrett Wilson, I can see that because he's had the year of production. We know what they're going to do in that offense. They want to throw him the football a lot, especially on our third downs. I love Garrett Wilson, though. I've loved him since the draft. I think he has a lot of good traits. And, you know, he just didn't have the, the year to prove it because his QB play was just so mediocre. And he played with three or four QBs, I believe. So not a fun year for him, but – I still think that's the right order. Very tough. Very tough. I love Jalen Waddle as well. He's just in a situation where, you know, if Tua gets hurt again, who's the backup? And then who is um, – and then uh, Garrett Wilson's throwing the ball. Or, sorry, Garrett Wilson's getting the ball thrown to from Aaron Rodgers at this point. So, so I'm actually – switch it up a little bit here, and I'm going to go Jalen Waddle, Amon Ross St. Brown, and Garrett Wilson. Wow. Here's why. Mm -hmm. Jalen Waddle, I understand, Zach, I completely get what you're saying. With Tyreek Hill there, caps the ceiling a little bit. He was by receiver eight last year, even with Tyreek Hill there, which is just insane. And then Amon Ross St. Brown was wide receiver seven. I do think that Jared Goff, I don't want to say he's the long-term solution. I don't think it's Hendon Hooker either. I mean, we've seen third-round picks, mm -hmm. uh, Matt Corral, Malik Willis. These guys are clearly not the future of their teams. Hendon Hooker could be that next guy. Although I do think he's in a good situation if he has the ability to come and show what he can do in the NFL. And then I'm going to go Garrett Wilson. Now, look, I might like Garrett Wilson better than these other guys. But in the last podcast, I talked to you guys about the New York Jets upgrading their wide receiver core. If you guys remember me talking about that when I was saying that I think Elijah Moore is going to have a breakout year. Aaron Rodgers has shown, if anything, he's loyal to wide receivers that he likes. A couple guys came in that are Aaron Rodgers guys. I know Garrett Wilson could be that dude, but we're talking a veteran quarterback. He's got his guys in there. So I'm going Jalen Waddle. I know what he could be. I love Amon Ross St. Brown. I don't think Jamison Williams, when he comes back, takes anything away from Amon Ross St. Brown. And I'm going to go Garrett Wilson. That's how I'm doing it. 
plus you know look my whole thing is too and I, this is going to be for this entire thing when i draft a team in a startup i want to win right now that is my priority i'm building my team to win the championship year one chef i feel like you're disagreeing with me a little bit which is fine you have the right to disagree what are you thinking I mean, I don't think any of the wide receivers that were brought into the New York Jets are anywhere close. Not even, uh, not even, not even stinking close to Garrett Wilson. And to say you're a Garrett Wilson guy, that is asinine at this point because you think these guys are going to come in and take his share. That is, that is just ridiculous, in my opinion. We, I hope, I hope Zach agrees because. You think exactly agree. You think Randall Cobb is going to come in and cut into this? You think all these other bums that are coming to this team, Alan Lazard, the guy came and play a full season. I, I what I, what I will say about that situation, I I don't agree with Mike at all. Like if I had the draft today, I'm drafting Garrett Wilson one, but I am doing that with a slight bit of concern, and it's not it's not the Dolphins fan in me. It's the fact that the Jets have been a joke for two decades. Like they haven't. I don't think they've been in a playoff game in a very long time, right? Like 10 years, something like that. I think the last one was Mark Sanchez. So Zach, um, can you, or I'm sorry, Sean, can you find that out for us, please? Yeah, and and here's the thing, like, time. okay, Aaron Rodgers is the quarterback for what? One, maybe two years. Do I trust the Jets to then fill in that quarterback spot competently? Like Zach Wilson's still a thing. And I don't think he's getting that much better. So, and look, I, I do have to say, because we are going to talk about another Jets player, the Jets draft last year was unbelievable. It was unbelievable. He knocked it out of the park. But I still don't trust that organization to get the quarterback position right after Aaron Rodgers. I think they're done drafting QBs. If they're not done drafting QBs, they're pretty stupid because they have sucked at it. So they yeah. need to be full on. Whoever is the best QB in this in this free agency group, we better go get them. If that's not their motto, then, yeah, I agree. Maybe Garrett Wilson's not your dude. But – I don't see how it's – I don't know. I Mike, Alan Lazard is going to do better than Garrett Wilson. Oh, no, I'm not saying that he's – That's what you said. You say he's got rapport no, with uh, I'm saying Aaron Rodgers. What I said was that Aaron Rodgers tends to favor his guys. That's all I'm saying. I didn't I didn't say that – I don't think Aaron Lazard is going to uh, – 2010, by the way. Thank you, Sean, was the last time the Jets were in the playoff game. And I will say this. You know, maybe they are good at drafting quarterbacks. Geno Smith looks good now. Maybe they're just bad at developing quarterbacks. You know what I mean? That that could be one of those things. Hey, Sam Darnold looks hey, great hey. right now. Oh, God. <laughs> I, I, don't, I, don't know if I, I don't know if I'd go that far, though. <laughs> Uh, by the way, the I think the 49ers quarterback room is one I just want to stay away from at this point. People ask me a lot. They're like, what are you going to do here? I'm like, I'm going to go literally anywhere else. What's Trace McSorley doing? That's what I want to know. Uh, um, I just don't understand how the answer to that's not Brock Purdy. Like, well, Brock Purdy's still hurt. So, you know, he had that. Fine. Stop it. I'm just saying, just saying he's still <laughs> rehabbing an injury, so he might not have much opportunity there. I don't know. So, by the way, uh, Bob set this this part of the sheet up for us. Damn it, Bob, you did not give us an easy one here. So, we're setting our cue once again. Brees Hall, ADP of 28, which is a 304. All these guys are in a row. Saquon Barkley and Jameer Gibbs, that's your 304, 305, and 306. In what order are you drafting these three and why? Tell you what, I'll go first this time. 
here's how I'm doing it. Again, I want to win now. So I'm going to draft Saquon Barkley. I understand he has not signed his tender, but I believe that he will. Then I'm drafting Brees Hall, and then I'm drafting Jameer Gibbs. Here's why. Saquon Barkley, again, I want to win now. His backup, if he's not there, is Eric Gray. Eric Gray does not pose a threat to Saquon Barkley if Saquon Barkley is healthy. I can say that to you right now. Brees Hall, not completely healthy. They're saying that he might be there for week one. That being said, he does have some, I don't want to say competition, but Zonovan Knight looked good when he was there. We know what Michael Carter can do. They did draft Israel Bonaconda as well. And Jameer Gibbs, the only reason I have him third, and again, we're splitting hairs here. I think he's going to be the pass catching back. All of a sudden, the Detroit Lions have a lot of weapons on offense. And David Montgomery is there too. David Montgomery is no slouch, by the way. David Montgomery is a very, very good NFL running back. So of the three, I think he has the most competition, which is why I put him third. Chev, what about you? Agree, disagree. What's your order? Yeah, I think for me it's going to be Brees Hall, Jameer Gibbs, and Saquon at this point. Saquon's 25 years old, had had an injury with his ACL, getting older. I mean, he's, I don't know what his future looks like with the Giants. I don't see him being on the Giants very much longer. I think that relationship is a little wonky at this point. You know, they want to sign him, but they don't have the money apparently to give it to him. So we'll see what happens there. But I just like the younger guys at this point a little bit more than Saquon. I think Saquon's going to outproduce a good amount of Jameer Gibbs, but the longevity and the pass catching out of Jameer Gibbs, I think it's going to be pretty stinking good in the next few years. Well, they don't have the money because they gave it all to Kenny Galladay. <laughs> oh, gosh. Kenny, Kenny G. Kenny G. Such a RIP. contract. Why would you pay Kenny Galladay that money when you could have just had Isaiah Hudgens off waivers? Zach, <laughs> what, what's your order here? Uh, I'm I'm kind of in the same camp as Chef again, um, and and Mike, like I don't understand this. I, I, I understand the I'm trying to win now statement. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's redraft. This is dynasty. I can't win now in dynasty. <laughs> you can win now in dynasty. You can also try and win now and plan for the long. You can try to win for the next three years. Like Chef you can try Saquon to build Barclay's a twenty-five. You don't think Saquon Barkley is going to have a job when he's twenty-six? He's going to just Ezekiel Elliott off a cliff or what? Can Brees Hall not be what Saquon Barkley is? I don't know. You just were talking about how the Jets were a trash franchise as a Dolphins fan. <laughs> and, I also, and I also said that they nailed the draft last year, didn't I? They did, yes. <laughs> they did. So I think that Brees Hall can be what Saquon Barkley was last year, and he's 22? Keep in mind, I did say that this particular one here, we're kind of splitting hairs. I love all these guys. That's just the order that I personally. It's not enjoy. for me. This is not splitting hairs. Like I'm, I'm pretty much exactly where Sheb is at. I'm going. You don't have tall. any hairs to split, Zach. <laughs> oh, sheesh. <laughs> well, you sure do have hairs to split right there. At the... He's got a nice looking beard. There you go. Yeah, man. I, got, I got a couple hairs yeah, left. I'm, I'm going with the same answer, Chev. Here, I mean, for me, it, I, if I can get Brees Hall uh, right away, I will. Um, I'll take Jameer Gibbs second, and then I'll take Saquon Barkley third. There, there might even be players I take above Saquon Barkley, and it's not because I don't like Saquon Barkley. I'm not in love with the situation in New York. I don't know what the future looks like for Saquon, and we saw that running backs didn't get a lot of love in free agency this year or in the draft. So, oh yeah, especially I'll, I'll go with the positional <laughs> security of a 22 or a 21 year old running back that's locked in for four or five years. That has a ceiling of Saquon Barkley. That's what I'll do. All right. 
fair enough. Let's go to the next one. So this is a would you rather, not a set your cue, but would you rather draft TJ Hawkinson, Minnesota Vikings tight end? His ADP is 71. That's the 611. Or, or I'm sorry, TJ Hawkinson and Jahan Dodson with an ADP of 91, which is the 807. Or Terry McLaurin, ADP is 72, which is the 612. And Dalton Kincaid, ADP of 95 and the 811. Ooh, this is a tough one because I like all these players, to be honest with you. Zach, let's take it back to you. What are you doing here? This is a good one. And Bob says is, this one's Bob says this one's easy. Like, what is he talking I, 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 about? I'm sorry. I don't I think it's that easy. I really this, don't think so. This is not that easy for me, to be honest with you, because I honestly I like both sides. I yeah. really do. But we have to pick one. So, Zach, let's start with you. I mean, feel free to talk through your process too, if it helps. You know, sometimes I talk things out, although I do it standing yeah. in my toolbox with nobody around me at work. <laughs> Makes me seem a little insane, but sometimes it helps. But Zach, what are you doing here? This is a really tough one. I, I really want to know what Bob was thinking. Like, what was so easy about this? I'm actually going to go McLaurin and Dalton Kincaid here. Um, I okay. think that Terry, Terry McLaurin is a safe wide receiver, too. And I don't think that we've seen his ceiling because he's been limited by quarterback play and subpar offensive coaching. Mm -hmm. um, I would agree. Dalton Kincaid's ceiling is higher than TJ Hawkinson's ceiling. So for that reason, I feel like I'm getting a bargain if I'm drafting him at the 811. Uh, I feel like I'm getting a bargain there. And what my approach in startup drafts as it relates to Dalton Kincaid is once we get past the, the first five or six rounds of surefire players, my targets are now players that in a year from now will be drafted much higher than they were drafted now. So Dalton mm -hmm. Kincaid for me next year, if he has a great ceiling in Buffalo, a great season in Buffalo, is a fourth or fifth round pick. And for that reason, I'm going to choose Terry McLaurin and Dalton Kincaid here. Okay. Um, for me, the answer would be TJ Hawkinson and then trade back to the 612 and draft Terry McLaurin. Um, but you, <laughs> that doesn't always happen. That's that's the side I would prefer if I could do that, but I can't. I'm going to agree with Zach here. I'm going to go the Terry McLaurin and Dalton Kincaid side. And look, I love TJ Hawkinson. This is not a slight on him. I love Jahan Dotson. Both these guys are players that I target when I'm looking to either draft and fill out my team or possibly add to my team later on. Mm -hmm. But the fact of the matter is Terry McLaurin is one of those guys where, you know, Cortland Sutton to a certain point in his career before he got hurt was quarterback proof. DeAndre Hopkins is a guy that was quarterback proof until obviously, you know, some things just kind of not going great for him last year. I think Terry McLaurin is that guy to be perfectly honest with you. And I think he has a decently high ceiling and he is a safer floor than Jahan Dodson does too. And then Dalton Kincaid, do I think he could be what TJ Hawkinson is? I don't know. That's a good question because we haven't seen him play yet. But we do think that the ceiling is fairly high for him, especially with the with the Buffalo offense, the coordinator. I can't remember his name. I apologize. Buffalo Bills offensive coordinator. I know you're a huge fan. I'll send you a shirt. <laughs> uh, that's it. They said he's going to be used. Uh, wait, the former Browns quarterback, really? Former Miami Hurricanes quarterback. Even better. Didn't he play for the Browns too? Yes. Okay, great. That's more relevant to advice. No, because he was a national champion in college. So, anyway, um, 
they said he's going to be used like a wide receiver. So the great thing is they know he's not a great blocker. They're not going to ask him to do that. They're going to play him to his strengths. That's what I want to hear from an offensive coordinator. I understand it's preseason, mm-hmm. hyperbole, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But I'm taking the Terry McLaurin, Dalton Kincaid side. Bob, I love you. I got to disagree. That was not as easy as I think you want it to be. By the way, all these guys, I know Hawk and Kincaid. Bob is huge into those guys. Mm-hmm. So love that he put them on here. Chev. What about you? What are you doing here? Also, was this an easy decision for you? I'm saying probably not. No, because I, I do love TJ Hawkinson. I, I, I love what he brings to the table. He's going to get 120-plus targets this upcoming year. He's going to be a, a wide receiver, or sorry, a tight end two or three probably again this upcoming year as well. But I do like Terry McLaurin and the Kincaid side better. I think that tight end landscape, Kincaid can climb that a little bit faster than what Jahan Dotson can do to climb the wide receiver landscape. And it's just a little easier to find some wide receivers as well in the drafts, it seems like. Tight end's a little bit tougher. So I'm going to go with the young tight end, and I'm going to go with the wide receiver that has put up good numbers. You know, I've, I've kind of been a hater on Terry McLaurin just because everybody values him so highly, and he just hasn't done it yet. And this last year, he said, all right, I'm going to do a little bit better. I'm going to be one of those wide receiver ones. And he got pretty stinking close if he didn't do it. So I'm going with the McLaurin and Kincaid side because I think Kincaid can catch TJ Hawkinson um, using the – and they said he's a weapon. That's, that's I saw that as well. He's a weapon in that Bills offense. So yeah. let's see it. I do think that um, – I think Don Kincaid could be a tight end one right off the rip. Just yeah, to bring up how these tight ends finished. By the way, only one tight end last year over a thousand yards, Travis Kelsey, um, of course. And TJ Hawkinson was tight end two last year, mm-hmm. 914 yards on 86 catches and six touchdowns. So it feels a little weird to shy away from the guy who was the tight end two. Um, oddly, Tyler Higby was tight end six, Evan Ingram, it, tight end five. So it's so easy to be a top. 10 tight end at this point. Why can Kincaid in that offense not be that dude? Dawson Knox, we've seen that guy be a tight end one. Like, yeah. why not Kincaid? Kincaid's a better player than Dawson Knox, in my opinion. So I would why agree. not? I know Dawson Knox is still there, but Dawson Knox is not Dalton Kincaid. Kincaid can just line up outside and be a beast and do his own thing. I don't think – I think he's, he's a step over Dawson Knox, and we'll see that in the upcoming years. And in our last episode, I, I statted out Greg Dulcich and I talked about how he could have been, you know, had he been on stayed on the path that he was on before he had that hamstring strain, he would have been tight end 14. So I definitely think that Dalton Kincaid's ceiling is, and I love Greg Dulcich. I think his ceiling is much higher than that of Greg Dulcich's. Um, and I'll tell you what, if you want to have a good ceiling, good high ceiling yourself, then the best decision that you can make before your rookie draft is getting yourself a copy of the first ever Dynasty Rewind rookie draft guide. In this guide, you will gain access to our film grades, player insights, and dynasty outlooks for every player we believe will be fantasy relevant this year and beyond. Additionally, you will get access to several written pieces, such as things you need to know before you draft, draft trends and strategies, rookie sleepers, rookies to draft at your own risk, our guys, and a 2024 rookie preview. You receive over 70 pages of beautiful content sent right to your phone, computer, or tablet. Check it out today at payhip.com forward slash dynasty rewind. Now they reduce price five dollars off 14.99 so go check it out it is beautiful so zach and chev and me you punted quarterback in the first round which i love to do so we got to set our cues again boys let's do it up deshaun watson adp of 14 which is the 202 
Anthony Richardson ADP of 15, which is the 203, and Kyler Murray, which is an ADP of 17, 205. Guys, what are we doing? Who wants to go first? Zach, you want to go I'll first? Go. All right, yeah. go ahead, Zach. Do it up. Oh, man. Whew. <laughs> this if is you, not easy. Yeah, if you punted quarterback in the first round, and these are your three choices, you might be punting on 2023. I got to be honest with you. If these are your three choices, um, I'm going to continue punting, and I'm going to look for like Jimmy Garoppolo, and I'm just going to draft a wide receiver here. But I'm, I'm not. I'm not because I I think that there's a like if you for example draft Kyler Murray, I mean there's a 2024 plan in mind there. Right. Yeah, and right. Say, say, like, you're not drafting Anthony Richardson for his 2023 production. So I'm not touching Deshaun Watson for several reasons, but I just like, I, I don't believe in a talent anymore. I, Deshaun Watson, I got to see it to believe it again. Okay. I got to see it to believe to, like, to draft him 14th overall. I got to see it to believe it. All right. It's been three years since I've seen it. So I'm not touching that. I will, I will um, draft Anthony Richardson or Kyler Murray. If I had to pick of those two, I'd probably go Kyler Murray. Um, because really? I've I've already seen it with Kyler Murray. I've already seen the production of a of a top five quarterback, um, and I know for a fact that I can probably get guarantee that a top five, top ten quarterback in twenty twenty four. I don't know what's happening there with Anthony Richardson. If I draft Kyler Murray, I'm drafting my team now for twenty twenty four. And that's my plan. The rest of the draft, I'm trading mm-hmm. back. I'm I'm getting draft picks. I'm drafting rookies, so on and so forth. So it's a very, I mean, if those are your three quarterbacks that you're left with, it's time to, in my opinion, to start looking at 2024 as your competitive, uh, your first competitive year in that league. Mm-hmm. So for me, I think Anthony Richardson starts day one. I know that uh, Shane Steichen said that you know we're gonna possibly start Gardner Minshew I just don't think it happens to be honest with you and I think the good thing is you're going to get an every week starter of Anthony Richardson and you're going to get a lot of rushing too which is why I'm taking Anthony Richardson first I would go to Sean Watson next and yes you know what Zach you're absolutely right we have seen Kyler Murray we have never seen Kyler Murray in a Drew Petzig offense before the team is now coached by Jonathan Gannon so with all due respect, Chev, I know you are a semi-Cardinals fan. You live in Arizona. As long as Jonathan Gannon is the head coach of the Arizona Cardinals, I wish them no success whatsoever, you loser. Wow. Yeah. Well, he was the only person happy at the Eagles Super Bowl loss party because he already had a job in place. That's why. He was talking to the Cardinals when he should have been preparing for the Super Bowl. But I digress. I think Anthony Richardson's going to have a pretty safe floor. Um, I don't think it's going to be as catastrophically low as some people believe. Is he going to throw interceptions? Yeah, of course he is. Is he going to fumble the ball? Yeah, everybody does that, especially young quarterbacks. Sean Watson, I'm going to bank on the upside. Kyler Murray would be ahead of Deshaun Watson if he wasn't hurt right now. But he is, and I understand, Zach, I agree, 2024, plan in place. Um, right now, I'm just going on health, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. It's something that I definitely look to when I do a startup. Chev, what are you doing here? I'm just going to leave it the same. I, I like Deshaun Watson this upcoming year. I think he's got good pieces around him to work with. 
Um, I'm going with him there. I love Anthony Richardson as well. I mean, they've got a lot of faith in this kid. Everything that I'm hearing, he's impressed, which is every rookie has impressed this upcoming year. So I still think he's going to be a good player, a good guy that, you know, maybe you don't count on early on in 2023, but hopefully he shows progressions throughout the year and just continues to get better and better. You know, Kyler Murray, I love Kyler Murray as well. He's a boomer sooner, but you know, the guy has never thrown for like 4,000 yards, never thrown for 30 TDs. Only thing that really got him to be this top QB is his rushing. Then he goes and tears his ACL. And he's not a guy that's been injury free. You heard his ankle as well last year or two years ago. I don't know. I'm, I'm worried about Kyler Murray. I don't know if he'll ever get back to being top five just because other guys are throwing the ball a lot, a lot, a lot more than him. And I think it's going to be tough for him to get there. Can he be top 10? Yes. But I think these other guys have better opportunity to get there at this point. And the Cardinals organization has been rough. It's been a bad organization. So we'll see if they make the right decisions. I, I want to counter that real quick. Uh, Kyler Murray had – 3,971 yards in 2020 and 3,800 yards in 2021. Okay. The other thing is, yeah, the Cardinals have been a, a, the Cardinals have been a mess. A, they pretty much nailed the 2023 rookie uh, NFL draft and they're in a beautiful position in 2024 to potentially add Marvin Harrison. I know we're foreshadowing a lot, (laughs) but that's a team that doesn't look like it's trying to draft the quarterback next year by the contract they gave him by drafting an offensive lineman, um, so on and so forth. So I like the position that Kyler Murray is in. Like, I hear what you're saying, but he can absolutely get – he's 25 years old, and he absolutely can still continue to get better. Like, we've seen – Josh Allen and the, and these kind of Patrick Mahomes is now in his prime at 27, 28. Um, and that's the position that Kyler will be in in 2024. He'll be 26 years old. Um, hopefully, I, I think that they should just like red, like red shirt this season. Oh, 100%. 100%. I really do think that he should not play this year. No, at all. not at all. And so. I think the Houston Texans made a terrible decision trading away their first round pick next yeah. year. Um, and if I'm the Cardinals, I'm just like trying to get those first and second overall pick. I'll take Marvin Harrison. I'll I'll destroy somebody else next year for one of those <laughs> quarterbacks. Uh, you know, I, I will trade the the entire farm if you want to come get Caleb Williams. And I mean that yeah. to me, that's a very enviable position to be in, setting up the future of that organization. So Zach, um personally I like to look at contracts when I'm looking at players. Did you know that after the 2024 season? Kyler Murray's guaranteed money is zero and the Arizona Cardinals would save $33.21 million if they cut him before June 1st. What's the dead cap though? It says uh dead money and cap savings. They would what's save the, $12.4 million. No, but what's the dead time. cap hit? If what's the hit that they get for releasing him? I don't know. Dead money and cap savings uh, cut pre-June 1st. One column is 33.214. The other column is 12.4. Look, in 2024, according to Track, the dead cap for Kyler Murray is $81 million. No one uses Track, by the way. Okay. Or Rack, or sure. Everyone sure. uses over the cap, Zach. And I will say this, Chev, remember when Kyler Murray came out? Everyone was like, oh, well, he's small, but he never gets hit, so he won't get hurt. Do you remember hearing that? Like, he, oh, he's so good at sliding. But now yeah. he had ACL injury. You said he had the ankle injury. And I'm like, well, 
you know, yeah, we heard that. And the problem is he didn't have a chance. He was running for his freaking life this yeah. last year. And it was as a resident Cardinals fan, it was so miserable to watch because you just knew what was going to happen every single week. Guy's going to be running for his life and his line's going to suck. I'm not what? saying Tyler's going to be bad. I said top 10. I just don't see him getting the top five. If he gets top five, Zach, I'll let you give me five shots or whatever you want. How about how about that? We'll make that deal right now. This right now is Kyler Murray's fifth year in the NFL. That means this is the last year of his rookie deal, meaning next year is the first year of his deal. There's no way he's a $30 million hit to get off a $200 million contract they just signed. I've, next, next year I, is the I can, first year of his rookie of his of his Zach, new deal. I have to interject as an Eagles fan, I've seen this exact thing happen where they just signed a quarterback to a deal and then he ends up getting traded. So I understand where you're coming from, but I've witnessed the drama play out in front of me. But Zach, we're gonna move on because we have two more. Who are you drafting and who are you willing to miss out on? I think that's an important question. Sometimes we should say, hey, you know what? I don't like this player for blah, blah, blah reasons. I'm willing to be wrong about him. But Chev, Jerry Judy with an ADP of 77 or Brandon Ayuk with an ADP of 80. So there's not a big gap here. Just talking about Jerry Judy on the last one. Who are you drafting? Who are you willing to miss out on? I'm going with Jerry Judy. I am willing to miss out on Brandon Ayuk. I trust Russell Wilson that he'll come back and do the right things. We talked about it last uh, last pod. Sean Payton has brought great offenses to the NFL. I'm sticking with Jerry Judy at this point. Brandon Ayuk has a lot more big mouths to feed. You You have Kittle. You have McCaffrey. You have Debo. I mean, there's a lot of dudes that need the football or they're going to get a little angry. So I'm sticking with uh, Jerry Judy at this point. All right. Um, Zach, are you in agreement, disagreement? Yeah, and it's a lot closer than I actually anticipated. Uh, If you remember a year ago, I was completely off Brandon Ayuk. Finally, Brandon Ayuk was a player a year ago. I'm like, let me see it first. Mm -hmm. And we saw it. We we did see it. Now, we did see it because – uh, Debo Samuel missed time with injury. Uh, there's a new quarterback in town, Brock Purdy, who I think had a better rapport with Ayuk than he did with Debo. Um, but I agree with Chef. Um, there's some. There's a lot to, and it's not. It's not a high. It's not a high volume passing offense in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Whereas I don't think Javante Williams will be there much this year, mm-hmm. and I don't think they're going to base that rushing offense around Samaj P. Ryan. So I think they're going to throw the ball a little bit more in Denver, which is why. In one of our previous episodes, Mike, you talk about Dulcich. I talked about Judy as breakout player. So I'm going to, in agreement with Chev, I would rather draft Jerry Judy and I would rather miss out on Brandon Ayuk here. Yeah, I'm in agreement with you guys. Although the correct answer is neither and draft Isaiah Hodgins about (laughs) 13 rounds later. Uh, I would sell Ayuk, man. That's what I would have done with him. I would have tried to sell him after this season, to be honest. Yeah, I, I do agree with that. I'm all in on Jerry Judy. I think there's good things that are going to happen in um, – and, you know, look, we could say this. The San Francisco 49ers offense, it's not very explosive. It's very efficient. If you look at how that offense is run, they sustain drives. They're extremely efficient. They're not like a big, big play offense like the the Chiefs or the Eagles are. Um, where They just – they, they kind of chip away. And especially that will be the case if Brock Purdy is the starting quarterback. Not a big arm dude, just very efficient. 
runs the offense very well. So I'm okay to grab Jerry Judy and miss out on Brandon Ayuk. And gentlemen, our last part of the night, one of the hardest decisions you'll ever have to face is that of whether to draft the best player available or drafting to fill out your lineup. Why is consistently drafting the best player available over team needs so important? I'll tell you this, because you don't want to put a square peg into a round hole. You're going to be taking guys way too early when you do stuff like that. And for the most part, unless you're drafting right before the season, unless your startup is like a week before the season, hey, let's do this quick and get it done, you have many months to make trades and make roster moves to fill out the rest of your lineups. Gentlemen, do you have anything to add to that? Do we agree or disagree? I get frustrated when I'm in a – this is redraft, by the way. I know our dynasty pod, but redraft – when somebody drafts to fill their lineup, like they draft a kicker and a defending player before like some of these good guys, it blows my mind. But then I look back and I'm like, wow, they have the best kicker, the best defense. Are they playing the game better than I am? No, but it just angers me when I see that. It's just very frustrating. I don't know why that came to my mind, but I felt like it meant to be said on a dynasty podcast for some reason. Yeah. No, I, I completely get it. It's like they just go through like quarterback first, then running back, then wide receiver. I completely get that. Zach, do you have anything to add to this? Well, it's interesting because all of us are doing a combined draft right now. And, and when you draft in, in, let's say, on Sleeper, right, mm-hmm. and you're yes. in the draft and you go to the team tab, it shows you your starting lineup. And so a lot of times you want to fill that lineup. You're like, yeah. oh, man, I don't have a flex play. I got to fill. And that's not the best. That's not the best way to do it. You know, I, mm-hmm. I've drafted guys that are in my flex right now that they're not going to be there. They're not yeah. going to be there. You go with the best player available and, and you figure that out later. You've mm-hmm. got a couple of weeks or months to set your lineup to have those discussions and dialogue. And you, you're, I'm already looking. I'm already looking at other teams in the league and who's got too much of this, who's got not enough of this. What moves can I, uh, you know, can I make? And that's where. Dynasty becomes the chess game that it is, where you're thinking three, four moves ahead, whereas, as Chef said, some people are like, ah, I got to plug in a tight end. Let's go. <laughs> you know, like That's not the way to do it. That's not the mm-hmm. way to do it. All right. So I think we're all in agreement. Best player available. You have plenty of time to make moves to get your starting lineup filled up. Guys, we're not doing girls. We're not doing that till September, man. Let's let's not, you know, and when Noah can't breaks. draft right away, let's – uh Let's give him a couple minutes or days, <laughs> whatever he needs to, <laughs> to make his draft pick. By the way, the last pick in that draft was me, and it was Greg Dortch, and now Noah's on the clock. We're in round. Tough decisions are to be made now. So Yeah, now I'm like, who wants the rest of my picks? <laughs> I'll just I'll fill it out in free agency. You know what I mean? I get That's to that. Where are made, though. That's right. I you stole my sky for $10, Fab. <laughs> What a sucker. <laughs> Money talks, baby. Money <laughs> talks. And if you're going to a game, use a promo code Dinosaur Rewind on SeatGeek.com. Get $20 off your first order. So you should do it. If you want to play some best ball, do it with our very own Daniel Rozier, underdogfantasy.com. Promo code Rewind for 100% match on your first deposit up to $100. Make 100 accounts, deposit $100 each time. Guys, it's, it's, it's a no brainer. Seriously. Hey, look. You want to hang out? You want to be in the league with us and the rest of the Rewind crew? Patreon.com forward slash Dynasty Rewind. It's three tiers available. They offer a 10% discount if you sign up for a whole year. Do it. That's all I got for you. 
gentlemen, thank you for hanging out with me tonight. Zach, Chev, I'm your host, Michael Bauer. Be kind, please rewind. And hey, five-star review on Apple. That would be really cool. So until next time, everybody, have a good one.